As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo DeKeel. We have Danielle Lehman producing, and we got a good one. We got a really good one because we had two amazing late games here. We'll get to the earlier games after that. But, wow, the Lakers and the Mavericks going to double overtime in a game that was just pure anarchy. And the Mavs end up winning 119 to 115 at Staples or Crypto or whatever it is. But, I mean, Mo, this was both an amazing game and a terrible game at the same time. This is like uh, a uh, movie you would watch for Cinephobe. Uh, for those who don't know, for our friends <laughs> Zach Harper and those guys that do Cinefo. Because this was just a disaster across the board. I thought there was, first off, great play but uh, on the court. But poor officiating, poor coaching, poor decisions in general across the board. Like, this was such an absurd game. And, I mean, like, to just kind of run down through it, like, the Mavs are trying to foul uh Russell Westbrook on purpose and the referees put Dennis Schroeder on the line. It's it's just like weird things like that from the officiating. Uh, Luka Doncic hits an unbelievable three at the end of regulation to basically send this game into overtime. And I just got to ask you, Jared, why aren't the Lakers fouling? They have a play. Luka's inbounding the ball. The ball goes into Spencer Dinwiddie. That's the perfect time to foul. Some- Dinwiddie is back to the basket. You're up, you're up three. Put him on the line and go from there. They let Luca catch it and he drills it. There was just a lot of weird decision making, a lot of weird strategic stuff that it just seemed like both teams were mentally gassed in this one. Like LeBron barely touched the ball in the last like 15 minutes of this game. They were running the offense through Schroeder and Russ the entire time, and LeBron wouldn't touch it half the time. Both teams are maddening. Honestly, it's the refs that were really maddening because, like, you mentioned that Russ uh, foul where Schroeder went to the line. Dennis Schroeder literally was never physically touched in that entire event. I still don't understand what they were looking at. Jason Kidd had to burn a challenge that he that he knew he was going to lose just to make sure that they changed the free throws to Russ, which ended up being meaningless in the end anyway. And then and then the other thing, and I don't know how you felt about it. I would have liked to have seen other replays. I don't know if Troy Brown Jr. got fouled at the end of that 
play at the end of regulation shooting a three. It, it, it looked really close. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. Got his hand after the release, which I think it, it's like 50, 50 gets called a foul. Like we really need a referee to give us clarification. We need our own Steve Javi that we could call in the middle of the daily ding to give us <laughs> clarifications on certain rules and what, why it's a foul and why it wasn't. I thought that was a crazy close call. And then it goes to overtime. And I mean, First, let's just start with Russell Westbrook's foul. That was a flagrant foul, which I didn't quite fully understand. Like, Doncic gets a rebound, starts going up the court after a missed free throw. And Russ just lowers his shoulder right into him. What the hell was Russ thinking? And not only that, there was another one where Russ ran into Luca from behind where he was like overrunning, crashing the offensive glass and knocked Luca to the ground. And they were like, we're not going to do two of these at this point. So we're just going to let it go. But I mean, Russ was just out of control and Russ had some great moments like this. The Lakers were in this game because of Russ so many times. It's just every great moment. There's another there's like two more disastrous moments with Russ. Yeah, and I think that's that I mean Russ finished with 28 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Like he brought a lot of energy for this team. There were times where look, the this this Mavs team blew 19 point lead and a 16 point lead in this game. The Lakers deserved to have won, won this game in regulation despite bad a couple of bad decisions, the foul and things like that. In overtime it kind of got out of hand a little bit. But man, like this it, it was just a wild game and Luka was they did a great job doubling Luca. Really, in the second half of this game, Luca went like 16 straight minutes without scoring a point. And it, that's really what got the Lakers back into it. And then all of a sudden, they just decided, you know, like the last couple of minutes of the second overtime, we're going to stop doubling Luca. And then, you know, it just goes off the rails from there. Yeah. I mean, they got Tim Hardaway to miss like three or four threes in the overtime. The doubling was working. I was kind of confused why they were going away from that, um, especially because. Like it was Hardaway and Bullock getting these threes over and over again. They were missing every single one of them. I I, I mean Reggie Bullock made one two for eight from three. Hardaway went three for eleven. I mean that they got wide, wide, wide open looks that they missed in this game. I mean this is one of those things. It's tough. And you know what? I'm not all that for load management or anything like that. Luca played 53 minutes. Dinwiddie played 51. They need to sit those guys next game, man. Like this was a physical 53, 51 minute game for those guys. They're gonna need some rest. And I think you know it's God, man. Now I'm exhausted, Jared. Oh, from that game, lot. it was a lot. Uh, let, let's talk about some of the the good uh, things that we saw tonight from some of the role guys. Spencer Dinwiddie. Two absolute monster jams to really set the tone in overtime. That was incredible. But it was Christian Wood. Like Christian Wood had a huge overtime on both ends of the floor, made some massive plays, really living above the rim on both ends. Hit five blocks. Like, and, and like huge, important blocks in overtime. He had one against LeBron, you know, where he pinned it up on the glass that, you know, was a monster, monster play. I think, you know, when you're looking at the stuff Wood did, Wood was great in this game. Did his job on the glass with 14 rebounds. Had six assists. Like, that's pretty impressive across the board. Like, you're talking about a 24-14, 6-5 type of night. Shoot, only one turnover. And then it looked like he had sprained his ankle at one point and still stayed in the game and then made that block on LeBron. Man, that... The Mavs got everything they possibly could from from Christian Wood. I don't know if there was more they could have asked for. No, it's a good thing they got this win because Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie are probably going to need some rest. And I'm really worried about where Christian Wood's prognosis is going to be after the adrenaline wears off uh, on 
Friday? Is it Friday? Yeah. Uh, 20 he's, minutes. He's going to feel that. <laughs> he's he's going to feel that soreness for sure. Um, but th- this was this was one of the most fun games we've had in weeks. Like, th- this was a really great game. Uh, and just a quick shout out to Wendy and Gabriel, who was playing the five in overtime and did such a good job uh, for considering what you would expect out of him. Did a really good job, especially offensively, just the energy he was bringing how good he was on the roll with LeBron. That was the thing that was really maddening is they needed to put the ball in LeBron's hands more because he was doing such a good job finding Gabriel on the roll. And Gabriel ended up with 14 points and seven boards on six for eight shooting. Yeah, I think some of it was just fatigue too with LeBron. He ended up playing 47 Mm -hmm. minutes in this one, I think. They were saying it on the broadcast. This was probably one of the more physical games I've seen in the NBA. The the, the, The way the game is normally officiated and what some of the stuff we saw it like going this one tonight. This was a, a, a bit more physical than even I'm used to. All right, let's head to the next game where Cleveland beat the Blazers 119 to 113. But we got to start with the losing team because Dame, he went off a little bit. Uh, I mean, Dame did what Dame does. He scores 50 points. It's nothing. I mean, for him, it's this is a, a, a performance where like, look, the Blazers have been shooting poorly for quite a while. And I felt like, you know, the last couple of games, they were missing a ton of wide open looks. This is one of those games where Dame got going, not even that great, just five or 13 from the field from three, but was able to get to the line a bunch, was able to just drive and attack over and over again in this game. Like it was a pretty impressive performance from him. Unfortunately, it was in a loss. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cavs backcourt, they were just so aggressive late in this game. I mean, Donovan Mitchell just pushing the pace. There were so many big transition opportunities. Uh, Ten dimes for Garland, five for Mitchell, six for Jared Allen, who had 24 points. This was this is a great game for Cleveland. I mean, it, this is one of those games for Cleveland. Like, when you watch this game, Cleveland was behind throughout the entire game. And it would they would get a little, they'd get close, Blazers would go on a run. They'd cut the lead to like four or five blazers would go on a run and extend it until like the stretch in the end where they really started to clamp down defensively started to make some plays got out in transition towards the end like the last couple of minutes it just looked like layup after layup and and opportunities you know jeremy grant misses a three donovan mitchell gets the rebound kicks ahead to evan mobley who who did one of those flyby closeouts that's a bucket josh hart Turns down a, a a corner three, tries to drive on Mitchell. Mitchell gets to steal. Turns into another transition bucket the other way for the Cavs. Like it was, it was a small things there, but this is a gutty ass win for the uh, the Cavs. You take you take that going home after beating Portland on the road. Yeah, and everything. If, if the Cavs guards did get to the rack and they missed, Allen cleaned it up. Like they just had such a good synergy going. That that high pick and roll with Garland and Allen was really clicking late in this game. I mean, Cleveland's rolling. Cleveland's rolling. I know Boston has got a little bit of space up at the top, but I feel like Cleveland's starting to figure themselves out. I mean, no, Cleveland's right there in the mix. You know, they're they're going to be a team that, hey, they're only four and a half games out of first place, but really they're only a game and a half out of second. You know, and I think that's something that you, you'd kind of look at if you're Cleveland, like, hey, let's let's try to make a go at it and try to get the second seed. This is a this team has a lot of feeling of uh, Memphis from last year. And I feel like when you're kind of watching them, you can kind of see that going. They have a couple of stuff down the road that they can maybe fix. Maybe if the right opportunity comes trade deadline and stuff like that. But Jared, we did bury the lead. Ricky Rubio's back in the NBA playing basketball again. It's a good day. The legend himself, the the long-haired god who actually has short hair now. Um, the boy wonder finally playing. His knee is back. 
Ricky Rubio's back. Cleveland's back. And he did he hit a three? I think I saw him hit one three in this game at least. Oh, he hit a three. He hit a three. Okay, he went he went two for four from three. Yeah, so uh, he only played ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I give and give Mo credit. Uh, I said I wanted to do fifteen minutes on Ricky Rubio for tonight's show, and he said he's not going to even play fifteen minutes. And you were not wrong about that one. No, limited minutes, but it's nice to see him back on the floor. But we should talk about some of the other games, Jared, from tonight. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, okay. So the Celtics, they went into Brooklyn. They won 109 to 98. I don't know why it took me so long to be able to tell if that was eight or six. Uh, either way, yeah, no Jalen Brown. Obviously, no Kevin Durant. Jalen Brown, he got ruled out right before this game with an adductor strain. So he's going to be out for a week or two, according to Joe Missoula. And uh, Jason Tatum didn't have that great of a game, but this was the Celtics depth really taken, uh, taken over. They had, I think six guys in double figures, including Luke Cornett with a perfect five for five. Yeah. I think this is a, a, a nice win for the Celtics. Like, look, the nets hung around for about three quarters and then the Celtics kind of pulled away from there. And, and, you know, when you're getting good contributions across the board from everybody, I think, you know, Brogdon looked good. I think Tatum looked, you know, Jason Tatum's, Killing it with how he's playing. I thought they got a lot of just big minutes. Cornette, give him some big minutes, man, with no Al Horford out there. I thought that was pretty impressive with what they got from him. Listen, man, like I just kind of, this is my feel for Boston. They're boring because they're so good. We know like this is, they're so damn good that I don't really feel like I'm, I, I have to be too concerned about them when they're playing on the court. You might want to be concerned about the Sixers, though, because they got walloped by SGA and the Thunder. They lost 133-114. to 114. We have both Jalen Williams starting this game. That was pretty fun. Uh, but Shea just went off 16 for 16 from the line, 37 points for him. They simply could not guard him. They could not stop him. It didn't matter who they put on there, and he just kept blowing by everybody over and over again. It was it was almost like a horror movie for Sixers fans because it's just <laughs> constantly the same thing happening. Bang, bang, bang. Tyrese Maxey on the on him, cool, blow by. James Harden on him, blow by. They had uh, Matisse Thybul on him, no problem. Gets by him and finishes through him at the rim. He was just impressive across the board with how he played. And this kind of highlights one of the problems for the, the Sixers. How are you going to defend with Tyrese Maxey and James Harden on the court at the same time? You know, that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out going forward. I guess those new balances for Tyrese Maxey didn't do the trick. But all right, this this episode blew by. We're going to get out of here. He's Mo DeKeel. She is Danielle Lehman producing the show. I'm Jared Weiss. We'll see you next time on The Daily Day. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.